Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Ezekiel, the 36th chapter. Here are these words. I will make my great name holy, which was degraded among the nations when you dishonored it among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. When I make myself holy among you in their sight, I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the countries, and I will bring you to your own fertile land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be cleansed of all your pollution. I will cleanse you of all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your stony heart from your body and replace it with a living one. And I will give you my spirit so that you may walk according to my regulations and carefully observe my case laws. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it's an early morning, or it feels earlier than maybe what it is. And so I thought we might play a game together this morning. Can we play a game in worship? Can we do that? All right. Okay. So I'm going to share with you some song titles and lyrics. And I want you to listen to them and think, what, what's a common theme that emerges from these different songs? Okay. So I, there's a reason I'm, I don't sing up here with the band, okay? So I'm not singing these with you today. But if you know the lyrics, feel free to chime in and join along. We'll have a little sing-along this morning. So our first song today comes from Jimmy Ruffin. As I walk this land with broken dreams, I have visions of many things. But happiness is just an illusion filled with sadness and confusion. What becomes of the broken hearted? Who's had love that's now departed, right? Does anybody remember or recognize that song? Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's not clap for that. (laughs) All right. This one, let's snap. We need a little snapping in. I might have done that wrong. Okay. (laughs) All right. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, but it's warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away, right? 
okay? That's from Bill Withers, all right? This one comes from the Righteous Brothers, but you may remember it from a little movie called Top Gun and a famous karaoke scene. You've lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love and feeling. You've lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa. Good job. All right. Okay. All right. And this last one is written by one of my favorites, the queen, Dolly Parton, but most famously sung by Whitney Houston. All right. If I should stay, I would only be in your way. So I'll go. But I know I'll think of you every step of the way. And I, I, I will always love you. And then for Whitney, it's like, and I, I will always love you, right? We get big and it's power, it's a power ballad, right? So what's the common theme among all of those songs, other than Emily's terrible singing? Huh? Heartbreak, right? Yeah, they're like love songs, but like after love has gone, right? Someone has departed, a relationship has broken up, um, the love that was there is no longer there. We've lost loving feeling, right? There are thousands of songs that could be called breakup songs or heartache songs. Why so many? Have you thought about that? Why are there so many heartbreak songs? Well, I think it's because it's part of the universal human condition. Every single person who has ever lived on earth or who will ever live on earth will experience heartbreak at some point in their lives. Whether that's the heartbreak of breaking up with a significant other or the heartbreak that comes with losing a pet the heartbreak of moving away and having to restart life somewhere else, the heartbreak that comes from just the ending of a friendship, or perhaps the heartbreak that comes when a loved one dies. All of these heartbreaks are part of the human condition. You and I, we experience heartbreak as individuals, and perhaps you related to one of those heartbreaks I just mentioned. But you've probably had other things that have broken your heart, that have left you wounded and in pain. We also experience heartbreak as communities and nations. The Orlando community's heart was broken after the senseless murders at the Pulse nightclub. And sometimes in those times of heartbreak, you see people coming together to bring healing to each other, to bring solidarity, to say we're not alone in this pain. We can feel this pain together. And in real time, we are watching hearts break in Ukraine as that country is torn apart by war. Whether it's uh, what's happening in Ukraine or hearing and seeing about the families that are being separated at train stations and refugees fleeing to other countries, heartbreak is all around.
Our scripture passage for today comes from the prophetic book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a priest and a prophet who lived in Jerusalem at the time of the Babylonian invasion, when Babylon came in and invaded and destroyed Judah. Ezekiel was one of the Israelites who was carried off to Babylon. He himself experienced that individual heartbreak as he had to adjust to living as a stranger in a strange land. But he also experienced this communal heartbreak because his nation, his people, had been destroyed and torn apart. He felt disconnected from others and his people. He struggled to adapt to a new life. And he figured that other people were also struggling in the same way that he was. While much of the book of Ezekiel describes the pain of destruction, Our passage today offers a glimpse of hope for the future when God will restore the Israelite people. God will bring the people back to Judah from all of the places where they had been scattered. God will bring the people back to a fertile land, to a healthy land, where they can be at home once again. God will cleanse the people in the land of all of their pollution God will cleanse the people of their idols. God sees the heartbreak of the people. God will give the people new hearts and new spirits. God will remove all of the bitterness and the anger and the hatred and the resentment and the disappointment and the pain and give them new living hearts. I use this description that God will remove their hearts of stone and replace it with a living heart. God will give the people God's spirit so they can live in relationship with God, following God's ways. God will be their God, and the people will be God's people. The Ezekiel text was written long ago by people who were exiled. And it was written for people who were in exile. The context is not our particular context as we sit here in Orlando, 2022. However, as Cam reminded us on Ash Wednesday, prophetic texts speak the truth of a particular time and place. And they also speak beyond that particular time and context. The truths contained in a prophetic text are also true at other times and at other places and for other people and other situations. So the truth of our text today is that our God is a God who restores hearts, who removes hearts of stone and replaces them with living hearts. If you get nothing else from today's message, hear this. Our God is a God who restores hearts. And this is true no matter the time or the place, or the people, or the situation. According to Ezekiel, this heart restoration is a process. It doesn't happen overnight, and it kind of evolves throughout the process. First, God cleanses people of all of their idols. Perhaps when we think of idols, we think of 
um, the Israelites creating and worshiping a golden calf while they were in the wilderness um, after they had left slavery in Egypt. They're in the wilderness, and Moses goes up on Mount Sinai. Moses has gone too long, and the people are like, Moses, I think he left. Let's create a new idol that we can worship. And so they created this golden calf. Or perhaps when you think of idols, you think of some of the other um, gods or idols that were mentioned in the Bible that other people worshipped. And that was bad. We, the Israelite people were not to be like those other nations who worshipped those other idols. Oftentimes when we think of idolatry, this is what we think of. And we think of ancient peoples who lived long ago, who practiced this kind of idol worship. We don't think that that's us today. If I only think of idols as statues and figurines that people worship, then it's easy for me to think that idolatry does not pertain to me. Truth be told, I have no statues in my house. I don't. That's just not something I have collected. And while I have a lot of other knickknacks and things lying around my house, I don't bow down to them, and I don't pray to them, and I don't worship them. So if that's my interpretation of idolatry, then I'm good. I don't do that. But Kate Bowler and Jessica Ritchie, they offer us a modern understanding of idolatry when they say, what is idolatry except beautiful things that do not transform us. Let me say that again. What is idolatry except beautiful things that do not transform us? Ouch. I love a lot of beautiful, shiny, distracting things that probably in the end do not transform me. These behaviors... These objects, they keep me static and unchanging. They do not help me grow in my love for God, my love for other people, or really even a true and healthy love for myself. Truth be told, I am far too consumed by idols of distraction. There are even behaviors that I love. For instance, judging others, or believing my preferences, are the only ones that should matter. These behaviors, they actually deform me. They don't keep me the same. They actually deform me. These idols of pretentiousness and ego diminish me and make me less of the person that God has created me to be. God's heart restoration cleanses us of all that deforms us and all that blocks us from transforming into the people of God that God desires us to be, the people who love as God desires us to love. So first we need to be cleansed. And then God gets to work, doing the work of metaphorical heart surgery. God sees that we have not been living and loving with our whole hearts. So God gives us a new heart and a new spirit so that we can live and love wholeheartedly. Dr. Brene Brown describes wholehearted living as engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done, 
and how much is left undone. I am enough. Wholehearted living remembers that we are God's beloved children. Period. Full stop. There is nothing that we can do or say or be that will make God love us any more than God already does. And, on the flip side, there is nothing that we can do or say or be that will make God love us any less. God loves you unconditionally. Wholehearted living, living with the heart and the spirit that God has for you, does not hustle for love or for worth because it remembers that as God's beloved children, each one of us is already a person of innate worth and dignity. Wholehearted living frees us from having to prove to God that we are worthy of love. We can't prove that God already loves us. Wholehearted living also frees us from the position of determining, determining whether other people deserve love. Because guess what? Each and every one of us are God's beloved children with innate worth and dignity. So whether we think someone is worthy of love really doesn't matter because God has already said they are beloved. Wholehearted living, it's a choice. God gives us these new hearts and new spirits. But each day we have the choice to wake up and to embrace the love that God has for us, to embrace God's acceptance of us. And here's the hard part. Trusting in the end that that love and acceptance is enough. God's metaphorical heart surgery looks like God removing hearts of stone and replacing them with living hearts. God gives us these new living hearts so that we can follow God's ways and live according to God's commands. Christian theologian Dallas Willard reminds us that we live from our heart. Not from our brain, but from our heart. Willard goes on to say, our life and how we find the world now and in the future is almost totally a simple result of what we have become in the depths of our being, in our spirit, will, or heart. From there, we see our world and interpret reality. From there, we make our choices, break forth into action, try to change our world. Did you get that? How we see the world, how we live in the world, how we act in the world comes from what's in our hearts. Hearts that have become hardened by bitterness, hatred, resentment, disappointment, and pain. Over time, these fossilize into hearts of stone. People living with hearts of stone see the world as a hard and agonizing place, devoid of joy and possibility. People living with hearts of stone often bring that same pain into their relationships. 
People living with hearts of stone often perpetuate their pain through their words and their actions. And sometimes they don't even know that they're doing it. When God removes our hearts of stone and replaces them with living hearts, God is giving us a fresh place to start to live and love as Jesus lived and loved. Hearts that are living, new hearts, new spirits. Give us an opportunity to let go of some of the the past hurts and pain, some of our past perceptions of the world, and open us up to seeing possibility, to perhaps not assuming the worst, but stepping out in faith to see what God can do. Dallas Willard refers to this heart restoration process as spiritual formation. Willard says spiritual formation for the Christian basically refers to the spirit-driven process of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ. Living hearts are hearts like Christ's heart. Living hearts put more joy and possibility into the world and into their relationships because of the grace experienced through relationship with God. Hearts that have been touched by God, that are made alive by God, seek to go out into the world and live with the same aliveness. Hearts that have been touched and made alive by God want others in the world to experience that new life, to live with that same energy and joy. Living hearts are still vulnerable, though. Living hearts are still malleable. Living hearts can be moved with compassion. Living hearts break at the pain in the world just as God's heart breaks for the pain in the world. Living hearts are guided by God's spirit. Living hearts work with God to repair all that is broken. Living hearts have been restored by God. And so they go out into the world to join with God to restore the world in the same way. And finally, restored hearts find their home with God. God promised that the Israelites would once again live in their homeland as the people of God. God promises that we will be God's people and that God will be our God. Our home is with God. We belong to God and belong with God. Dr. Brene Brown defines belonging as the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. True belonging is not something to negotiate externally. It's what you carry in your heart. It's finding the sacredness in being part of something. God's restoration means that you and I, individually, each of us belongs to God. But it also means that we belong to each other. And that you and I belong to all people created by God. 
More than that, we belong to anything that God has created. God's restoration of our individual hearts heals us of whatever pain we're carrying inside of us. And God's restoration of our collective hearts heals us from everything that separates us from each other and pits us against one another and makes all of us part of God's new creation. God gives us new and living hearts. And even these new living hearts will break. We will experience deep hurt in our hearts, wounds in our souls, and ruptures in our relationships. We will continue to experience heartbreak. We will continue to write songs about heartbreak and resonate with those songs when we hear them on the radio. But when our hearts are broken, we do not have to suffer alone. And we do not have to succumb to hearts of stone. God is with us. The same God that was with the Israelites in the rubble of their lives is the same God who is with us when it feels like everything around us is destroyed. The God that was with the Israelites when they were exiled in Babylon is the same God who is with us when we find ourselves feeling as if we're strangers in a strange land, when the world has gone crazy all around us and we can't understand. The God that suffered and died on the cross is the same God who is with us when we are suffering and dying. And the God that defeated death and rose from the grave is the same God who gives us new life, new hearts, and new spirits today. Friends, throughout this Lenten season, you are invited to experience restoration in any and all areas of your life that need to be restored. Return to God. Submit to God's cleansing of your hearts. Receive the new heart and new spirit that God has for you. Allow God to remove your heart of stone and replace it with a living heart. A living heart that seeks to live and love as Jesus lives and loves. Let us pray. Gracious God, restorer of all that is broken, initiator of new life and new creation. Do your work within us today. Remove our hearts of stone. Reorient us to your spirit. 
inspire our hearts with your life and your love. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.